good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Thank you, guys. I felt great. Thank you, Laurie. Ah, joy and peace. And thank you, uh, Paul, for the ancient rumblings. Um, I got a little hung up on the word ancient for a few moments, but then I <laughs> was able to let that go. Because that, that is what spirit is, is that when we're really listening it is an ancient energy. It is an ancient way of being. So I had to laugh uh, about how the lessons for Sunday and WOW are coming together because we just decided to talk about prosperity all across the board during August. And I looked at it and went, oh, I'm talking about receiving on Sunday and then we're doing giving on Wednesday. Okay, you're laughing, because what I was thinking, shouldn't I be talking about giving first? And then I thought about it longer, and I realized that that's, you know, this is really the correct approach, because we need to be open to receiving for the giving to have any effect, and for us to be talking about healthy spiritual giving and receiving. And I say healthy because so many of the ideas around giving and receiving are negative. And I bet most of you have heard this saying, it is better to give than to receive. Now, this comes out of the, the Christian Bible. It's the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 35, where Paul writes, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I suspect that most of us have heard this, even if we had absolutely no religious upbringing whatsoever, it's just... Actually, it's almost con con considered conventional wisdom. And so I have two things to say about that. First of all, it's not particularly good advice, so it's not really conventional, it's not really wisdom. And according to the Fillmore Study Bible, there is no record of Jesus actually having said this. Which, so just Paul was just doing what spiritual teachers do and make up stuff. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> But that just goes to show that the internet did not create this plague of misquoting famous pe people. It just sort of sped it up. But I, I digress. Anyway, what if I tell you that receiving is equally as important as giving? What does that do to you? Some people will be uncomfortable with that statement. And if you are, you're in good company, so don't beat yourself up for it. Because as a culture, 
we tend to carry a lot of baggage about receiving. And I asked myself why that was, and I did some research, which means going to the internet, and I can't tell you how many websites I found that are dedicated to helping people learn to receive. I thought there might be one or two, and it was just like this whole list. There's the 12 ways to learn to receive. There's five steps to receiving. Why can't you receive? These are all different, different uh, websites. And the list goes on, and whereupon I went, okay, fine. I see what you're all doing, and we'll move on. So I was wondering, is it possible that that one statement, the one statement that says it is better to give than to receive, is what had had that big impact on us? And I guess the answer is yes and no. I mean, it's, that's certainly a seed for it. But there are a lot of factors that come into play here. This is a really important topic because our prosperity really depends on our ability to receive as well as give. Now, one of the concerns that some people have the is, is that receive, one of the things that people have the most trouble with is they see receiving and taking as the same thing. And they're not comfortable with taking. But receiving is different from taking. A taker is a person who just takes something and gives nothing in return, whether it's, whether it's a, a thank you or a payment or some symbol of gratitude. They just acquire and go. And there's, then there's that also the misconception that doing and giving are the same. But it's possible to do something for someone with no compassion or no connection. They just do and go. So doing is a one-way street going out. Taking is a one-way street coming in. And what I'm talking about here is that there's an energetic exchange that goes along with every encounter. And it's important that we understand that giving and receiving are part of what I call our energetic circulatory system. It's about much more than the exchange of material items or favors that we do for each other. Circulation is not optional. Talk to your heart about that. <laughs> Let's see where that goes, right? Everything in our material world is constantly in motion. Atoms are made up of electrons, protons, neutrons. They're always in motion. All the material things in this room, including us, are made of atoms, which are also in constant motion. This podium only seems to be solid because its atoms are moving so slowly. And yes, that's an oversimplification. But you know, the atoms in the air move faster, so we don't see them as solid. Lack of circulation <laughs> causes contraction which causes stagnation, and that's often where we get stuck. When we're unable to receive, we're contracting. Or when we contract, we're unable to receive. It works both ways. And that interferes with circulation. Whereas when we relax and allow good to come in, we expand. And so it's a good question to ask of why some of us or many of us struggle with receiving. Now, some of the ideas I came across uh, in my research said that difficulty in receiving might reflect the fear of becoming dependent on someone. Or, you know, you do this for me, then I'm going to owe you something. Or that receiving makes you vulnerable, or that you might fear being disappointed. Or maybe, and I love this one, maybe it's just a matter of, of, of a mind-reading situation, is that you're thinking that the other person should know what you want 
and just act on that. Now, I know no one's ever done that, but... Now, those are some of the blocks that are discussed online, but, you know, I've been... When I came into New Thought in the mid-'70s, prosperity was the thing. That was, I mean, that was the first classes I took were prosperity classes, and they were hitting it really hard back then. And so I got to look at... I've been looking at this for quite a few years. We'll just be delicate. And I started to... I decided not to engage in some of that other stuff and just look at what I call my level of, de of deservability. And the truth is, is that if you don't believe that you deserve something, you're unlikely to get it. And sure, it might come your way, but if you don't think you deserve it, it you might just reject it out of hand, or more likely, it'll just go whizzing on by you and you won't even see it. You know, and then one of the things that I see on the internet that drives me bonkers, and I try not to get involved in that, I really do, but I see these, these, these photos of dogs and these little videos of dogs, and they're just so sweet and adorable, and then somebody says, we don't deserve dogs. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> we wouldn't have dogs if we didn't deserve them. And so I talk to my computer. I don't make comments. I do not comment except, you know, to the, to the screen. And the screen is impervious to my, my outrage. That <laughs> it, 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 That's the thing to look at. It's like, if I've got something in my life that's really good, why would I stand there and say, I don't deserve this? Why wouldn't I just say thank you? You know, and I used to, I used to shake my head and I scroll, but you know, I just kind of scroll by now. But I'm thinking, yes, we do. So I'm going to continue to affirm that we, we, we actually do deserve dogs. I'm sometimes wondered about cats, but you know, <laughs> they have their moments too. Deservability has its roots in our subconscious programming. And Reverend James has been talking about how important our subconscious is most of this month. And I think we were talking about it a little bit last month, too. Uh, actually, that's what we're always talking about. You know, because it's important for us to become aware of our thought processes, to tune into the subconscious messages that we, we send ourselves on an ongoing basis. Now, I had a friend who was experiencing a very challenging financial situation, and it went on for many years. And one day we were having lunch, and she was talking about the situation and how things were going, and I just, you know, kind of calmly said, casually said, I said, well, do you think, is there any possibility that you just don't think that you deserve to have, be financially stable? And she says, oh, no, 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 that's not that. And I said, okay, so I let it go. In further conversation, it became clear that in some ways she actually did believe she deserved where she was at that point. Now, I will say that she had a really horrendous upbringing. I mean, I, I, I am still fascinated to this day that she's a functional human being. It was not, not, not a pretty thing that she went through. And often people who have been through those kinds of situations believe that it was their fault and so they deserve what they get. And this was probably one of the causes of her situation. About a year later, we were having lunch again, and we didn't go to lunch very often. And we were having the same basic conversation, and I was listening, and again, I just sort of gently asked her and, you know, about deservability. Do you, and she said, no, 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 it's not that. And I'm like, okay. 
almost exactly a year later, we met, and this time, midway in the conversation, she said, you know, I'm starting to think that some of this is because I don't think I deserve to have anything better in my life. <laughs> and I did not laugh, and I did not remind her of our past conversations. It was such a beautiful thing, watching her to come to that on her own. I let it sit, and I just celebrated that with her, and we talked about it. Now, it took about another 10 years for her to really pull her life back together. She stayed with it. She started realizing that she deserved better than what she had, and she started receiving in, in small ways. You know, she's she moved to another state. She recently married the man that's been in her life and for like 50 years. Her finances, yeah, her finances and life, you know, are stable. And she came to realize that she did indeed deserve to be happy and did not deserve to be miserable and struggling. Now, granted, that's an extreme example, but extreme examples are, you know, helpful. You know, what, what a lot of us have is like, I was a bad student, so I don't deserve a good job, or, you know, how we put those things together, I didn't do this, and so I don't deserve this. Um, that's one example. Or you might say, Here's one that we do to ourselves all the time. I should have known better. I got what I deserved. Probably if we really knew better, we would have, would have done it and wouldn't have done it that way in the first place. Because hindsight will tell us, well, yeah, of course, we could have been a different way to do it. So it's always interesting to me that we so often accept that the negative is somehow OK, and we kind of reject the positive. And we don't do it intentionally. It's just that subconscious programming's doing its thing. And a couple of weeks ago, Reverend James said something about we don't need to earn our good. In fact, we cannot earn our good. We can't earn it by doing physical things or, you know, it's a matter of consciousness. And if we're not in alignment with spirit, we're not going to get the good that we want. So being in alignment is what's really important. And the note I made about that was that we can earn our good in a sense when we, when we agree with the program. And that program is the one that says we are individual expressions of God and we are meant to be productive and happy. Now, no discussion about deservability would be complete without mention of the imposter syndrome, which is often talked about these days. I think a lot of younger people are talking about it. As they get into situations where things are going really well and they're doing this thing and somehow inside they don't feel quite like, how did I get here and what am I doing? And so there's this talk about, I've got imposter syndrome because see, eventually they're going to find out that I'm not who they think I am. And so even though they're qualified for the position, they feel like they're faking it and someone's going to find out. And th this comes from people who have really high expertise in some areas as well. Now, I've not had a full-fledged experience of, of this feeling, but I did find myself wondering what people were thinking in hiring me for this job. <laughs> So I figured out my own way to look at this. It's like if you're in a position where you are doing well but might be having that imposter feeling, stop and think about what's really happening. And I did that with this. It's like, how did you get where you are? Who brought you in? 
Who supports you? Now think about these people, these people that brought you in. Are they smart people? Of course they were. They engaged you. <laughs> Do they seem to think you're competent? Well, of course, they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have brought you in. Do they walk around looking for you to mess up? The act that's probably no. And if they are, then you don't belong there anyway. And again, are these smart people and are they aware people? Did you get lie to get where you are? Probably no. Are they smart people who pay attention? Notice how we keep coming back to that. It's like, I'm here and I'm doing this thing. And oh, well, golly, these people seem to know what they're doing. And I kept asking my question and I went through, I went through it and I realized that if other people are supporting what you're doing and you're actually doing a good job, that feeling of inadequacy is only that, a feeling. Because if a, people agree that you belong, you deserve to be there. It's really that simple. And if they don't agree, you deserve to find a better place, and that's simple too. Accept that you're accepted. Not accepting that you're accepted is just another way of not receiving. Accept the good that comes your way. Allow people to do good things for you. Even when you cannot understand why a person is giving to you, be gracious, accept, receive. When good comes to you and you feel like you don't deserve it or that you're being greedy and needy, remember the principle of circulation. All life is in motion all of the time. Life is spirit in motion. It is inevitable and you can't stop it. You can set up a resistance and you can slow things down or divert the energetic stream in a different direction, but you can't stop it. Remember that we are all part of that same energetic pattern, the expression of spirit in this world. And we are so interconnected that we really can't see it objectively. One of the things that is mentioned in the, uh, the Abundance Project book that we're using on Wednesday nights is this, this author's description of why we have a sense of separation was really cool. And one of the points he makes is that we are all energy. And if we didn't have some sort of separation, sense of separation, we'd just be bumping each other into each other when we walked around. We have to have a sense of separation in order to be able to sort out, out living in a material plane, but it does not mean that we are separate. I loved how he did that. That was an, another really good way to think about it. So when you refuse another person's offering, you are not only deflecting your prosperity, you are interfering with their prosperity because you're stopping the flow. You're cutting off circulation. So when a person offers to do something for you or give you something or pay you for a service, no matter how uncomfortable you are, please accept. And then go work on your discomfort somewhere else. <laughs> you deserve to be safe and so do they. You deserve to be whole and so do they. You deserve to be content and so do they. You deserve to have all that you need in, to live a full life and so do they. We do this together. Learn to receive with grace. Learn to receive with joy. Learn to receive with love. Receiving is the greatest gift you can give to the giver. 
And so if we go back to that passage in Acts, I think we can safely edit it to say it is as much a blessing to receive as it is to give. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Transform